0: Hello everyone, welcome to the CuberCast podcast, where we talk about what's happening in cubing. I'm Carter Cubes on Twitch and YouTube.
1: I'm Cameron, I don't have a YouTube channel, but yeah, I'm just here. I'm HumbleCuber on Twitch and YouTube. And I'm CarterKid on Twitch and YouTube.
2: In today's episode, we'll be interviewing an incredible all-rounder, Max Shao. We'll be asking him our own questions, as well as some questions that you guys, the audience, have submitted. We hope you enjoy.
3: Hello, my name is Max Hsiao. Uh I'm a 14-year-old speedcuber from Washington in the United States. And yeah, I'm happy to be on the Cubicast podcast. Thank you for joining us, Mark. Okay, so let's just get into the question. So starting off with the first one,
1: what do you think is your biggest cubing accomplishment?
3: Yeah, so I would say I have multiple cubing accomplishments that I'm really proud of. Um, I guess for one thing, definitely my sponsorship with the cubicle that happened around, I think like February-ish of 2019. I just remember like literally the moment I got an email back from Jules saying that I was sponsored, I... I was in my mom's car, and I was just so happy, like, I was pretty much screaming on the inside of happiness, it was great. Um, on top of that, I'm also really proud of making finals at US Nationals, also probably my square one official results, because that's my best ranking officially. I think I'm 10th in the world for average, which is really cool, so, yeah.
0: Yeah, I think that a couple of people can relate to being sponsored here, I think Card Trick mm-hmm. Kid and Humble
3: are yeah. both sponsored yeah. by
0: qa so... I can relate. Um,
1: it's a very exciting thing when you get yeah. that email
0: back. I can really
4: feel the excitement yeah. there.
0: Our next question is, uh,
4: what does your practice routine look like?
0: Is it just grinding out a ton of solves, or are you trying to use different techniques, for example, untimed solves or just speed blind solves?
3: Yeah, Um. when it comes to practicing, it's definitely not... It's Sometimes it is just doing a ton of solves, but when I can, I don't do that. Um. I think it's best to be practicing sort of productively, Like if you can help it, you should try to every now and then, you know, watch walkthrough solves, maybe learn a few new algs here and there and things like that. Like I know, for example, I think around 2018, like I was getting I was improving a lot in like megaminx and five by five and six by six, things like that. Um, I didn't just do solves. Like I know I remember going on to cube skills, watching walkthrough solves, learning edge parity algorithms, like all of that. Like in order to become fast, it's not only solves unless I guess you're practicing clock or something. But generally speaking, in order to to improve, you should be trying to learn as much as you can when you're practicing.
0: Yeah, I yeah. think that I I feel like that there's a mixed opinion on like what to do to improve. So for example, some like me like some people what they say, they just say grind all day. Some people mm-hmm. what they say is that okay, just learn algorithms for one day, then you can just do solves occasionally. I feel like that. But, like, the opinion on that is very mixed along the keeping community.
2: Yeah. Like myself, I kind of believe that deliberate
4: practice is very important, like noticing your mistakes. I would say I'm the type that just mainly does grinding solves.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I don't, like,
4: learn that many algorithms, but Mm -hmm. I just learn the necessary algorithms and then just grind solves from there.
2: Yeah, I'm the same, but I've been trying to do more deliberate practice recently. Like, recording your own solves definitely helps, and you
1: can, like, try to really find out what you need to work on. If you know me, I have, like, 46,000 solves in my 3x3 session in CS Timer, that's just because I did a a ton of practice. And for something like Clock or Mega or 3x3, a very important aspect is practice. But for something like 2x2 or Squan, you also need to know a lot of algs, it's not just practice. So yeah, I have a mixed opinion on how to practice. So, going ahead and
2: moving on to the next question. In your opinion, what was the hardest event to learn and what was the hardest event to get good at, considering you're an all-rounder?
3: yeah um okay hardest event to learn um that's a pretty hard one i think i'd have to go with either big blind like five blind or fmc um probably fmc uh just because i know fmc is i think in my opinion it's easily the event that's like most different from all the other ones because i think it's pretty much the only event that's not focused around speed solving Uh. and so i think that really different aspect was kind of Difficult for me when I first started FMC because there's all of these techniques you need to learn. Like you have to learn, um, you have to learn this. You have to learn how to do commutator insertions. You have to learn a lot of block building, and yeah, it's a lot of it's a lot less practicing. It's a lot more learning. I think if that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and also, oh, hardest event to get good at. Uh, honestly, I'd have to say pyraminx and skewb. Um, just looking at my WCA profile, those are oh, my wow. worst event. Those are my worst events on my profile. <laughs> Um and I just think I don't know the reason why they were so difficult for me is just because I've developed really bad turning styles from the start um like I guess for example on pyraminx um you're supposed to do like U and U prime with your index finger kind of like a, a flick mm-hmm. if that makes sense but I didn't learn that until like 4 months ago uh <laughs> so yeah probably pyraminx <laughs> yeah. and cube
1: my cube turning is garbage and my pure turning, Same. like as you said, that, that you move flick. I yeah. didn't know that for a while, and for me, it's pretty hard to do. And cube, I can barely do polish, and just mm-hmm. turning is garbage. I mean, I honestly, like, can't
0: relate. Um, if I had to be honest, I yeah. I mean, I know that you're supposed to develop turning at the start, but when I was learning cube and pure those kind of just came the second nature to me. I was like, oh, okay, I'll just... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's definitely mm-hmm. varying your
3: per- on the person.
4: Pura Umu, the Pira turning. Like it was kind of the same case for Drew Brad's. Like he re- he kind of recently posted that video and like yeah, completely changing just, how I solve pyraminx, and he basically um, just corrected his entire turning style. Yeah, yeah, I still don't have good yeah. turning style for skeeb or pyraminx. I definitely need to work yeah. on that. Next question: Will we ever see a return to Max Shaw on Twitch?
3: Okay, yeah. Um, I get this pretty often, <laughs> and I'm just gonna be like straight up like i'm going to be as honest as i can probably not uh i think so yeah i did a lot of streaming during the summer because i had a lot of free time so i'm very very likely not going to be streaming during the school year just because of the work that i have to do uh but once summer comes around i i still don't think i'll be streaming uh i just know that i don't know streaming wasn't the most fun thing in the world for me like i know there're definitely people who really really enjoy it but personally i, I found it a little boring at times Um, Obviously, that's more of a me thing than other people. So yeah, it's just me like most of the people in this call Everyone, but Cameron has streamed or does stream on Twitch and
1: we know it gets tiring at times. So yeah, I feel you max
0: Yeah, I don't I I kind of lost motivation to stream maybe because of my software and also because uh, The one comes to my streams, which is quite sad, but I think that it's streaming itself is a good idea I think that it's direction that we should be headed in in terms of like actually, you know, producing content as YouTubers. Definitely.
3: I just Mm -hmm. think it's like, not for everyone. Exactly. Okay,
1: so now let's move on to the questions that you guys submitted. If you would like to submit questions, you can go to our Discord server and to the Q&A section, and you can just ask questions there. And yeah, let's just get into the first question. So the first question is from kangaroo25. What do you think is the most underrated and most overrated WCA events?
3: Okay. Um, underrated events? Honestly, uh, I think I'm going to have to go with Clock. Um, especially yeah, with the, the new hardware and the and the chi Clock. I think, honestly, mm-hmm. it's a really fun event to practice. Um, it's obviously gotten a lot of hate. I know people are starting to like it a little bit more because of the chi, But I think even then, it's still pretty hated and i i don't know personally speaking i just really enjoy practicing it because i mean the thing about clock is that to get good at it you don't have to be you know like effort you don't you don't, you don't have to like spend your days tirelessly learning new algebra things like that it's just a bunch of grinding and if you like that kind of thing which i do then clock is a really fun event so that's yeah. probably my most underrated event in my opinion uh for overrated event uh let's see I would probably have to say Pyraminx. Uh, yeah. Once again, this is a, a very biased opinion. Because um I guess as I said before, I've I've never been good at Pyraminx. It's an event that doesn't come naturally to me. Uh, I'm just yeah, overall I'm pretty bad at it. And I just think I feel like it's one of yeah, it's one it's definitely a more luck based event than it is a skill based event. And a lot of people do really like the event. So yeah, all of these things put together, I just think it's a bit overrated in my opinion.
0: I definitely agree with you about the uh, Pyraminx. I definitely think that Pyraminx is one of the first not uh, unconventional puzzles that beginners learn. However, I don't really think that it's the best. I personally mm-hmm. like Megaminx. I think that's the most Shame. underrated event. But um, Clock is very interesting because it does take a lot of effort. Like, well, it, mm-hmm. I guess it does take effort, and there's also a very high DNF rate. But other than that, it's actually kind yeah. of an underrated event, yeah. too.
3: Yeah,
2: As Clock being a made event and stuff, I definitely see it. This is kind of biased, but I definitely see it as underrated, and there's definitely some unneeded hate in the community for the event.
3: Yeah.
4: Like, for heading on, basically, Clock, it's pretty much just a different kind of event in general. Like, more of just accuracy and, like, there's no algs. So, like, you just, it's basically just turning accuracy, which is, like, very different from all the other events.
1: And to quote Stanley mm. Chapel, the hardest event is definitely clock, <laughs> and the amount of DNF rates and misturns, it just proves that clock is the hardest event. Uh, we all we can all agree that clock is a very underrated event. But it it uh, again to quote Stanley Chapel, clock is rough. If if you misturn by the, the smallest bit, I was competing today, and I I, I misturned by the the smallest bit, and it it was the difference between a six second solve and a nine second solve. Um, I, I, I misaligned my cross by a tiny bit, and I had to go fix it before I did corners. If you don't know anything about Clock, this is very confusing. But basically, yes. I screwed up a part in Clock, and then I just had to redo it, and it cost the solve. So, yeah, Clock and Megaminx, in my opinion, are the most underrated. And overrated? Sorry, Cameron, but I think OH is pretty overrated. I mean, Uh, honestly, I agree. I agree completely. Sorry, Cameron, but oh, it's okay. I I understand. It's okay. (laughs) 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 Nothing personal. If If cubing were to.
0: All right, next question. If cubing were to disappear from the face of the earth, what hobby would you take up and why?
3: All right, well, this is a pretty interesting question. So if cubing were just gone, uh, theoretically, uh, I think. One of the biggest hobbies I'd have would just be playing video games. Um, I already occasionally play Minecraft with my friends, and I think I guess I would I would keep doing that. Uh, and honestly, I might like start up a YouTube channel and like put a lot of effort into that as well. I don't know. I just feel like um, if I weren't because like as, as a speedcuber, like I do have a YouTube channel, but I don't put as much effort in it as I know other people do um, because most of my videos are unedited anyway. But I think if I weren't a cuber. I think I would put more effort into my YouTube channel, so... Yeah, I don't know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. About your YouTube channel, if you haven't already seen Max's video on 5 years of cubing, Congrats, by the way! 5 years of cubing is insane, and how far you've gotten in that amount of time is awesome. It, um That video is actually very well edited. I really enjoyed it. If you haven't seen it, make sure to check it out. It makes me very <laughs> emotional because of comps. I really wish comps would come back. Yeah. Very was, out- I've never, never yeah. been
0: in a comp and I'm very, very sad that I have never been in a competition. Hopefully, I can get to one this year. This year. Yeah. <laughs> We're crossing our We're fingers. One, yes. comps, but yeah. comp- no. comps are just an amazing place to hang out and meet
2: other
4: people with the same hobby as you. Yeah. 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 I remember when I went to my first comp. It was just, like, so incredible just seeing, like, a, hun- a hundred other people that are the same yeah. thing I
1: Yeah. It doesn't matter how fast you are when you go to your first comp. I averaged 19 at my first comp, and everyone was still so accepting. A, a guy helped me set up my cube, people were giving me tips because I was nervous I wouldn't get a sub-20 average. It was just a great place and a great experience, and I, I really hope they come back soon.
0: Yeah it's been about a year since they were gone right so yeah,
1: oh, yeah.
0: Year, I think okay. oh okay well hobby would I take up um I think a hobby that I would take up would definitely be either chess or gaming uh gaming was pretty big for me until cubing arrived which was like last year so um i I might take up gaming but i I actually do play a lot of video games to be honest but chess is also very uh cool because what are we? A strategy game which is sort of like cubing. It's not like cubing, but you get what I mean. It's a lot of- there's a lot of strategy involved into it, so it's more of a- it's another mind game in our world. So, yeah, that's why I take up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would probably return to card magic, because as my name implies, I was a card magician. I'm the card trick kid. But, um, cubing kind of took it over. I really don't do cards as much anymore. Like, I still have a bunch of decks on my desk, but I rarely touch them. I'm kind of getting sad just talking about it, that my name is kind of meaningless now. But, yeah, I'd probably just go back to doing card magic and gaming. Cubing. If I couldn't cube, I'd probably just game and do cards. Yeah, that's pretty much it. (laughs) Yeah.
2: I actually yeah. have a deck of cards right here, sitting next to me, because I used to be into cardistry and that stuff as well. But honestly, if um, cubing just yeah, if cubing just disappeared, I would probably go back to more sketching and drawing because before cubing, I spent a lot of time every day doing some drawings and sketching. I even had some commissions I used to do, and I'd also probably get more into game development with Unity. I
1: feel like card magic before cubing is a pretty common, it's a pretty common pattern among cubers. I know a bunch of cubers who are magicians before starting cubing and i'm pretty sure maybe it's just because of both of those hobbies require a lot of dexterity i think it's pretty cool that a lot of uh cubers were card magicians before just magicians in general pretty cool
4: okay i'd probably just do chess because like i remember when i first started cubing there were a lot of new hobbies that i was trying and like chess was one of them yeah, if cubing didn't exist, I just feel like I would do chess.
2: Moving on to this next question.
3: What is your biggest cubing fear? Cubing fear. Uh this is not something I think about on a daily basis. Uh, but alright, sort of an improvised answer. I guess a cubing fear would just be um, you know, making finals at a really, really big comp, such as Worlds or Nationals, and then just completely embarrassing myself. You know, I could get like a a 6.5 average in semifinals and then I can go up to finals go head to head against I don't know someone and just get a 9 average like that's probably my biggest fear just kind of almost embarrassing myself in front of so many people like that I think yeah that'd be
0: it this mainly based on like the community but I I realized that like 2020 so one of my biggest cubing fears is that the whole community like this is all going to come to an end one day and there's going to be an end point to cubing. Even if it will even if it's within the next 20 years or the next year, there's going to be an end to cubing. So, I feel like my biggest cubing fear is that we're kind of dying off a little bit too quickly because all of these cool. YouTubers, I'm not going to call anyone out, but I think that that's one of the factors, but the main factor is 2020, 2021. There are what are we no comps? Um, or at least there are very little comps, and the only comps that are happening are in the same ex- same places. So, I think that that's, that's probably my biggest cubing fear. Not about myself, it's just about the community in general.
1: Yeah, shout out to Australia and New Zealand for wearing masks, because they have competitions like every week. But so, yeah, shout <laughs> out to them, they're very lucky. lucky. My biggest cubing fear is probably... I don't know, actually, it's kind of similar to Carter's. My biggest cubing fear is that this will all be for nothing, like, I'll be like 20 and regretting my life decisions when I won't be able to use my hands (laughs) because I spent hours (laughs) spinning a plastic toy, um, or, like, losing my sponsorship. I- I hope that doesn't happen. Um, but, yeah, that's- those are some of my biggest cubing fears. I don't think you should be that
0: concerned about your sponsorship, you should definitely be sponsored, so, yeah.
1: (laughs) Thank you. My biggest fear is that just comps won't come back, they've been gone for like a year, I'm just scared that they will never come back, but I, I just really hope they do.
2: And I have two biggest cubing fears. It's a little bit of a mixture between Max and Card Trick Kids' fears. So I am worried about losing a sponsorship, of course. That's always something you should worry about. But there's also nerves at a competition and then failing, like, a big competition like Nationals or Western Championships or something like that. Just choking at those competitions and then losing out on the possibility of actually podiuming. All right, so you. my
4: biggest cubing fear... It's actually kinda interesting, but basically for like w c a comps when I go to compete, like I'm just doing really good, but then when I actually compete, I just completely fail, and then it's actually happened quite a bit, um especially at one event, and it was like really frustrating, just not being able to beat my PR average for like five comps, even though I like practiced so much before the comp, it was feeling great, yeah i am worried that i will fail a
2: little bit because this next cubing at home has clock in it and i actually have a small chance of podiuming but i am worried
4: that i will fail though all right and the final question did you have any intentions to be an all-rounder when you first began cubing
3: uh okay i i don't think so because i i think uh when i at the very beginning like when i first started cubing like uh literally the day i got my first cube I thought that this would just be a hobby where I would I would learn to solve a cube and that'd be it. Like that that's that was my intention, I think. Like I wouldn't get any new speed cubes. I'd stick with my Rubik's brand and that's just the only thing I'd ever have. Um but clearly that that is not how things turned out. Uh <laughs> now I'm, you know, I'm I'm, I'm a sponsored cuber which I'm really happy about. I have I don't know how many puzzles I have in my collection, but I have probably a couple hundred, 200 maybe at most. Something like that. So I've I've got a ton yeah. of puzzles of literally every single WCA event. Uh and so yeah, definitely not at all. I had no intentions whatsoever to be an all-rounder. Just it just happened. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I- yeah. I'm glad that I became an all-rounder because it's it's honestly so fun just practicing everything.
1: So that pretty much concludes this episode of the Cubicast podcast. We hope you enjoyed. Um if you enjoyed, make sure to like and subscribe, or if you're listening on Spotify or SoundCloud, and I think we're on Google Podcasts now. I, I think you can follow
0: if you're listening on any one of our services subscribe follow share
1: yeah we're on a bunch of platforms now so it, uh, the podcast is much more accessible again we hope you enjoyed huge thank you to max for coming on today it was really fun
0: yeah and yeah you. Also, um wait before before we go um happy fifth and anna- f- five year anniversary oh yeah that thank you a huge milestone yeah.
2: big congratulations max yeah big thank congrats you. max
4: that's yeah, crazy to see how far you've come like Considering I found your channel in August 2018.
3: Uh, was- yeah, aren't you, aren't you Alpha Bouncer? Is that your channel name? It or- <laughs> <laughs> used to be. <laughs> Al- yeah. oh, people no, it's been a great five years. Like, people like you, my friends, everyone. Super nice people. Like, the community is yeah. great.
0: You're, no, mm-hmm. I'm not kidding. You're actually one of my idols. So thank you for coming on thank- the podcast. Yeah, thank you.
1: Again, thank you guys so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed. See you guys next week.